Let us pray. Heavenly Father, pour down your Holy Spirit on us as we reflect on today's passage and we think about life. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the opportunity to gather together to worship with you, to be blessed by you, but also to learn from you and to be encouraged by you. Lord, give us a sense of your presence and peace. And may your Holy Spirit give us an insight in what it means to be your disciples today as we wait for your second coming. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. When you hear the term be active as a Christian, what goes through your mind? What, what are the things that come to your mind? Last week we spoke about be prepared. You know? Get ready for Jesus to come again. Well, this week we're talking about being active. And some people might be going, I'm old, I'm tired, I haven't got much energy to be active. Well, we're not talking about you having to run a marathon or sprint 100 metres, but what we are talking about is to use what you have, and we're going to explore what you may have to use, to use what you have in a way that shares the faith that you have to help others to know the faith. Our passage, our focus today comes from our Gospel reading, Galatians chapter, sorry, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. That story that continues on following last week's reading of the ten virgins and the oil that some ran out and some didn't, and it was because some weren't prepared. And we'll talk of what's happening is Jesus is preparing his disciples for him ascending to heaven, and there's going to be this big gap. And what do they do? Well, they wait for his second coming. And that's what these parables, these discussions are about, is Jesus preparing his disciples and preparing us what do we do now as Christians as we wait for Jesus' second coming? Our opening verse from today says this. Jesus says, Again, it, and it is the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. God has entrusted his wealth to his disciples, to us. God has entrusted his wealth to you, to our church, but to you as individuals. Think about what that means. God is trusting you with his wealth. You haven't earned that trust, but he's going to trust you with it. And that's what the story is about, God entrusting his people with his wealth. And his wealth, whilst in the parable it's gold or talents, that's only a symbol. God's wealth is far more than just gold. It's far more than material things. And so we'll come to explore what our blessings are as part of the service. But keep that in mind. God is entrusting his wealth to you. Would you trust yourself with God's wealth? Now, some things to ponder, some questions to think about as we reflect on this passage and being disciples and life together. First of all, think about what are all the blessings in your life? Now, some of you may be going through some difficulties and you may find it difficult to see blessings. I encourage you to step back and think about what are all the blessings that you have in your life, if that's the case. Some of you may be quite well off and you go, yes, I've got this and I've got that, or life is comfortable. 
keep thinking about what are all the blessings God has given you, especially over your lifetime. Secondly, I invite you to keep exploring, keep thinking about what does it mean to be entrusted with God's wealth. If you were going to trust somebody with your wealth, what would you be thinking? What would your expectations be? And the third thing is, what does it mean to use what God has given me, or given us, to be fruitful? What does it mean to use what God has given me, given you, given us, to be fruitful? These are three things to keep pondering about. and I encourage you to keep pondering about in life. What are all the blessings in my life? What does it mean to be entrusted with God's wealth as I live my life? What does it mean to use what God has given me to be fruitful? Jesus says, again, it, the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now, just a little bit of background so we unpack and understand what's going on here. As I've already mentioned, a couple of things are happening. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And remember when the Lord's Prayer, we pray, may God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so he's encouraging his disciples not to grab hold of, and he's encouraging us not to grab hold of what happens in the world and to go, that's how I'm going to live, but to grab hold of his teaching, to grab hold of who God is and how the kingdom of heaven is, and to reflect that in this world. And in doing so, we reflect God's love. And so he's talking about the kingdom of heaven and he talks about it It means that I'm not always going to be here, he's basically saying. I'm going away. But because I go away, don't forget the mission. Don't forget the mission. Don't just go on with a worldly life, but allow your relationship with me to affect who you are and how you go about life. And so Jesus is preparing us for the now. The time between his ascension to his second coming with these two parables that we've heard. The other thing to keep in mind, he talks about a bag of gold in today's reading from the NIV. The original word was talent. And it was deliberately translated from talent to bag of gold to give the concept of that it was a financial amount of money. Well, it was a huge sum of money. One talent equals 16 and a half years wages. One talent equals 16 and a half years' wages. Remember, one of the men received five talents. That means he received eight, over 80 years of wages in one hit. And so there's this idea that God has got a, is very generous, is very trusting with his people. It gives us something very precious. And the question is, what are we going to do with it? The first thing we should remember is God has entrusted us, not only just with his wealth, he's entrusted us with his mission. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who he called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags and to another one bag, according to their ability. Then he went on his journey. Now this, when you read this, this is important to remember 
that some people are going to be more blessed than others with certain things. You know, you got one person gets five, one gets two, one gets one, but they all have a role to play. And if you think about the early church, what, are, what some of the teachings about the early church, about the church, it talks about the body of Christ. We're not all the same. We're not all equal, exactly the same, and receive everything equal when it comes to resources, gifts, talents, wealth. But we all have a role to play. And so God has entrusted us with his mission. So what is his mission for us? Just a reminder, his mission is, first of all, is to connect with people and connect people to God. God wants to connect with people. That's the reason he sent Jesus to earth, is to connect with people. He connects with our people. And so his mission he wants us to continue is for us to connect with people, but also to connect believers to each other and to make disciples, to grow as disciples. That's the mission that God has entrusted us. It's called the Great Commission. The other thing is part of God's mission is we live a life of love. And we have this great commandment that comes out, love God and love others. The third thing that's important to keep in mind, to keep reinforcing, because not every Christian gets this, that God's mission is to reveal his love to the world. As John 3, 16 and 17 reminds us, he came into this world to love and not condemn, to love and to save the world. So when we're talking about that God has entrusted us with his mission, this is what God's entrusted us with. To connect with people, to connect believers together and to make disciples. He's entrusted us to love each other. And he's entrusted us to reveal his love into the world. So we've been entrusted with this mission that he's given us, a mission that um, he continues to give us, a mission that goes on forever for all of us. And so this, today's parable is about really encouraging us to use what God has given us for his mission. To use what God has given us for his mission. The man who received five bags of gold bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Think about your blessings again. Think about what God may be calling you to do with those blessings in relation to his mission. And if we think about our blessings, it's important also to remember this, that everything we have in life, especially what we see as blessings, are gifts from God. From James chapter 1, verses 17 to 18, we hear, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like a shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we may be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And from Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, we hear, For in him, that is Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, 
visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. It's important for us to remember that, that everything in our life is a gift from God. All the good things in our life. So as you think about your blessings, keep remembering they're all gifts from life. And as I've shared with you, uh, a friend of mine who, who changed his attitude in regards to God, he used to think, I work hard for what I do. It's not all a gift from God until he got ill. And when he got ill, he recognised that even the ability to work hard is a gift from God. So my encouragement for you is to see everything as a gift from God in your life. And not only to see it as a gift from God, but to use it. To use it, to use what God has given us for his mission. So I invite you now to take some time to think about what do you have in your life? What are the blessings in your life? And some of the things that you may wish to think about are things like finances, property, skills or gifts, a social life, you know, the, the social networks that you have, the people you mix with, your experience, your friends and family, your personality. And I've been thinking about this recently. It's, uh, you know, each of us have a personality which can be a real gift. The problem is that we often think that our, my personality is holier than yours, sometimes. And so we think we're better than somebody else because we relate differently. But if we think about it, all personalities are a gift from God. Imagine how we get, see things, how we'll treat others, how we'll work with others. Even our personal situation that we face, where we live, the time we have. Sometimes older people said, ah, oh, you know, and I've had this, in a, in a retirement village, a lady said to me, I used to think I could had not much to offer to God, but I've got plenty of time to pray, to encourage, to write letters. Right? So even time when we have it. Think about those times where you're forced to wait. And some of us this year have been forced to wait in certain circumstances because of restrictions. Maybe that's a gift from God, not a hindrance. And there could be some others. And often when this passage is looked at, this is where we limit it. We limit it to our earthly gifts that we receive. But there's one bigger gift, one more important gift that we should keep in mind, and that is the gift of God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's eternal life that he gives us. That is the biggest blessing that all of us receive, isn't it? And so I encourage you to think about it as, what does that mean? To use this gift of grace, mercy and forgiveness in your life. The gift that God has given us. Are you going to be like the third person and grab your faith and bury it so nobody else knows about it and hide your faith? Or are you going to allow the faith, the forgiveness that God has for you the mercy that God has for you, the compassion that God has for you to affect who you are and how you relate to others. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the number of stories that we hear from Jesus interacting with people who were not the well-respected people, like the woman at the well. 
or the ten lepers and how both of them took the gift, the blessing that God had for them, the compassion and the mercy that God had for them and went and told others of how great he was, pointed people to Jesus. And so I encourage you to think about all your blessings, especially this blessing of faith that comes through grace, forgiveness and eternal life. And what might it mean for me to use all my blessings for God's mission? To help people know God's love, to help people to know that there is a future because of Jesus, to help people to know that life is not about striving to get more, primarily, and it's not about revenge, but it's about God loving people and forgiving people. I invite you to think about that. We're called to be active with our faith, to use what God has given us for his mission. But the problem is, is we're human, aren't we? And humans, and whether this is, doesn't just, this is not just restricted to Christian understanding of humans, but humans at times become very selfish, very self-focused. They act like that third man out of fear. They keep what they have given, been given to themselves or they use it for their own purposes, which is not a wise way from God's perspective. They either hoard things up, don't we? Or we use it solely for our purpose. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew what I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. I don't know if you picked this up, but the relationship that the end between the first two men and this man, the first two men got to live with God's happiness, God's joy, the master's joy. The third man lived in fear. And it probably says something about the attitude of the others. The others saw their role in life was to, you, to be the servant, to, to do what the master wanted them to do. Well, the third man thought he knew better and lived in fear. One of the great joys of being a Christian is to always remember that God loves us and God forgives us. And this is the encouragement for us to be active, that even when we mess up, God still has forgiveness for us. Do you get that? That the blessing that you have is that God forgives. God has grace for you. You see, when we live in God's mission, when we use what we have for God's glory, for his mission, when we take on the trust that God has given us and take that seriously, God's mission will bring us true eternal joy and happiness. One of the things I love hearing is stories of people saying, 
this church or a person in this congregation or a person, um, another Christian has helped me in faith. You know, it's helped me grow closer or has actually encouraged me more in faith. And when I hear those stories, I hear that God has been at work through somebody in our congregation. God has been at work through us. But more importantly, we get to hear and experience the joy that God has. has. Remember the, the story of the lost sheep, the one sheep, there's going to be more joy in heaven over the one that's found. We get to live with that joy. That's the focus. When we see that the blessings that we have is about saving people, helping people have salvation, have a life with God, when we see that and we see people come to faith and we see people enjoying a relationship with God, we will live in this joy. We'll live in the Master's happiness. So being active in our faith, Here's some steps, here's some things to think about. First of all, is recognise all the blessings you have. I'd encourage you every day to take a moment during your day just to reflect on the blessings in your life. Sometimes it's going to be easier to see them than others. And maybe, maybe we need to be like children. Because one of the things I've noticed, you know, as Jesus says to have faith in children, but one of the things I noticed about children, even when their life is going through a mess, they often can see blessings, more blessings than the adults around them. The second thing is recognise everything in your life is a gift from God. There is nothing in my life, there's nothing in your life that is not a gift from God. Now sometimes we might not see something as a blessing, but it could turn out to be a blessing even though it's been a real difficult. The third thing is recognise that everything you have has a purpose of connecting people to Jesus and helping them grow in a relationship with Jesus. Now, some things are gonna, you're going to have to think about this. Some years ago, I heard of a, a gentleman who was playing at a football club and he was playing at the football club. He's a Christian and he was trying to, he said, if I start speaking about Jesus to all these people, this is not going to go down well. And he was trying to work out how his football skills and playing at this football club had a role of connecting people to Jesus. But the way he went about life helped him develop contacts or connections with people. And he was able to speak with them. And over time, because of those relationships, he was able to talk about Jesus. And one bloke said to him, I don't think I've ever met a Christian up until today because that person didn't mix in Christian circles. Now that's in Australia where we think we're in a Christian nation and I'm pretty sure that gentleman had bumped into Christians but hadn't recognised probably the message of care and love that this gentleman showed. So think about this. Recognise that everything you have has a purpose of connecting people to Jesus and helping them grow in a relationship with Jesus. I know of a gentleman who's got a fairly sizable house and he deliberately uses it for hospitality to invite people to his house to encourage the church that he's part of but also to encourage others to come and meet Christians. 
The fourth thing is to, to be being active is this. Use what you have for the primary purpose of connecting people with Jesus. I'd encourage you to go home and think about all your blessings and ask a question and reflect on, what have I got? What blessing have I got? You know, I'm not a New South Wales Welshman, but I have loved what's happened in the rugby league. The number of Christians in the rugby league that deliberately show their faith publicly. And one of the ways that they show their faith, that Christianity is more important than the game of rugby league in some times is that after the game, the opposition players who are Christian get together and pray together as a show unity of faith. So think about what is your, what, what do you have in life? What are the blessings that you have? And see that their primary purpose that they've been given to you is to connect people with Jesus. And so I want to end with a little antidote. Most of you know what a paperclip is, don't you? Most of you have probably got paperclips. Now the reality is we can use paperclips for many things. You know, we can use it for putting paper together, which is it's the original intention. But what other uses do people have for paperclips? What was that one? Open your Apple phone. I heard someone say, I use my paper clip to clean my ears. <laughs> Last week I had to use my, a paper clip to reset my modem so we could have internet. There are many uses for paper clips. And if you just Google what are the alternative uses for paper clips, and you'll see this wide variety of uses. But a paper clip's primary purpose is to hold paper. That's why we buy paper clips, isn't it? Well, likewise, we can use our blessings for many things. But let's always remember their primary purpose of all our blessings is to connect people with Jesus and help people grow in a relationship with Jesus. The world will have a different perception of what our blessings are for and what some blessings are for. But ultimately, they have a higher purpose than what the world thinks. Everything we have been given is to help people connect to Jesus. And the reason being is because God has connected to us to show us he loves us and he wants everybody else to know the same thing. May you go with love of Christ. May you go sharing that love generously. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the many blessings you have given us in our life. Lord, help us to see, help us to understand, help us to understand our context as well on how we can use our blessings to bless others in your name, to help others know that you are a God of love and grace and peace, to share your generosity in the world we live, to help people to see that you have come into this world to love people and not condemn them. And gracious Father, we thank you. We thank you for every blessing we have. Help us not just to enjoy them, but help us to use them wisely for your glory so others know your love and grace. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.